Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Bradley Thompson here, and we are officially back in action. It's taken a while, but we're back. If this is the first podcast that you've listened to in a while, don't worry. This is the first podcast I've recorded in a while. So I'm excited that you're back. I'm excited to be back. Okay. We're going to start this relationship all over again. We're going to find our bond and we're just going to move forward together, holding hands into the sunset. That's what we're doing on this podcast right now because it's 2022 and we're back in action. If you've been wondering where the heck has Brad been, where has the Living the Canadian Dream podcast been? Well, I've been on a hiatus and I've been living the Canadian dream. You know, they say walk the walk. If you talk the talk, I'm out here living the Canadian dream. Shout out to them haters, okay? Shout out to them Twitter trolls because that's what we're doing right now. We're hyped. We're ready to rock and roll. And I'm firing on all cylinders. I'm firing on all cylinders. I almost said syllables because that's what Chris D'Elia says. And I almost took his saying. He says, firing on on all syllables. And I was about to say that because, you know, that's who I look up to. Chris D'Elia in the comedy world. He's out here. He's grinding with the congratulations pod. And he's firing on all syllables, similar to how we are right here. We're back in action. Okay. I'm excited to be back. If you're wondering where I've been, I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to give you the lowdown. I'm going to break it down for y'all. Um, I know you've missed me because you're probably still subscribed, which is pretty crazy. You guys are real committed and I really appreciate that. But honestly, I appreciate all the support. Um, if you follow me on social media, I appreciate all the support there. Um, but we're back in action. We're going to be having regular podcasts. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button, you know, like it, follow it, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your dad, share it with your grandparents. Your grandparents would love to listen to this podcast to learn about Brad's endeavors, you know, Brad hiking through the woods, Brad training on a treadmill. They want to probably know that stuff. So keep them up to date, share this link with them. If they're not the best at technology, make sure you download the podcast app and download each episode. Put them on auto download so they just automatically download. And whether they listen to it or not, you know, it just makes me feel like people are listening. And I really appreciate that. So shout out to your grandparents. Shout out to your parents. um, And let's just dive right into this podcast. You know, I'm super excited to be back. I've taken a little while off. Um, so hopefully you have been just re-listening to every single episode, um, while I've been gone, because that's what I can only hope for. Uh, but you know, it's exciting to be back. It's been a busy year in terms of 2021, but we're officially in 2022, but you know, the end of 2021 was very, very busy for me. And I'm going to break it down for you. 2021, we were busy with racing. We were busy with work. We were busy with training for the world championships and guys i did it if you haven't been following me on social media i did it went to the world championships for the duathlon and it was an incredible experience so i don't know maybe we'll use this episode as like a little race recap you know a year in review in terms of training and just out there grinding and flexing on them haters but let's do a little race recap and just like talk about what happened this year So in the summer, racing was officially back in Canada. You know, they finally brought races back, which was great. And I could finally like get out there, get some fresh air and, you know, sweat with other individuals. 
And, you know, it's very, very weird because many people are confused that, Brad, why do you love, you know, racing and stuff like that? It's hard to explain. When you're sweating with other individuals, trying to pass them, trying to see who can survive longer, trying to see who can suffer more. That's what it's all about. That's what endurance sports is all about. Who can suffer more? And that's what we're out there doing. We're out there grinding, suffering, and, um, you know, loving every minute of it while we hate every minute of it. And that's all part of it because sometimes you have to love what you hate. Okay. And that is the complex of endurance sports. Okay. That's the endurance sports complex. And I'm going to coin that word. It's loving the suffer. Okay. You can coin that. Okay. But that's exactly what we're doing this summer. So we're officially had, you know, races back in 2021. That was dope. Um, I started the season off with a race in Quebec. Uh, what was it? I don't even remember. Oh yeah. It was Gatineau, Quebec because there were no races in Ontario. They pushed them all the way back to the end of the summer. So I did a race in Gatineau, Quebec, you know, the great Gatineau, Quebec, never been there before, been to Quebec many times, never been to Gatineau, Quebec. So we went there, did a dope race, but it wasn't so dope. Okay. It was just nice to be back racing. And, you know, it was a weird start. A lot of the races in the summer were weird starts. They weren't like mass starts as you know, they usually are. A lot of them were like time trial based races um, because they wanted a social distance. That was their way of social distancing and being within COVID guidelines. Totally cool. Thought at least it gets me out of the house. And obviously with uh, next to other people, um, because I've just kind of been in my basement, just on my bike for the last you know two years, but that's okay. Um, so we were officially back racing and it was kind of like a time trial start. They started everybody like five or 10 seconds between each other. And it was good. First 5k went good. Legs didn't feel fresh. Went into the, um, before the actual, uh, the end of the 5k run on the turnaround. I absolutely ate shit. I ate shit and I twisted my ankle. They had the turnaround on a very, very weird spot. It turned around off of the road and into the shoulder of the road. So I absolutely misstepped on the shoulder because it went from asphalt to just gravel. And there was like a level there, a level change. And I absolutely twisted my ankle and I ate shit. I fell into the ditch and I twisted my ankle. So I started the racing year off with a twisted ankle and I was on the ground for a few minutes. Not going to lie. I was feeling it. I tried to get up and I was just like, can't get up yet. And I was just out there. Just, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And you know, the people, um, the organizers, there's a couple of volunteers there and it's like, uh, do you need medical assistance and stuff? I'm just like, just give me a second. Just give me a second. Let me just suffer in silence for a second. And then, um, I was just like, because it was right beside one of the feed tables. So I was just like, just give me some water. So I just threw some water on there. Um, some cold water just to try to, I don't know just ice it. I don't know. Just try to subside some of the pain. And, you know, I just got up, walked it off for a second and then just started running again. I just like, I'm just going to jog this out. You know, this isn't going to be the best run. It started off as a great run. And then I twisted my ankle and then I finished the run, get into the bike transition. And a lot of people probably would have just left the race. They would have just called it a day, but I drove like six hours to Gatineau, Quebec. Okay. I had a hotel room. I paid for the race. 
I had my parents come. My aunt and uncle also met me there. I was not DNFing on this race. So I hopped on my bike. I'm just like, hopefully it doesn't hurt, hurt the entire bike ride. And I finished up the bike. Um, absolutely throbbing pain with this sprained ankle could barely run. And I go through transition and, you know, I get on my shoes, start pushing through on the run. And the issue with racing in areas that first of all, speak different languages, it's tough because people are speaking different languages in Quebec. They speak French. So everybody was speaking French there. And the issue that I had with this race is that they didn't mark the turnarounds clearly. So the second run is supposed to be 2.5 kilometers, and I ran five kilometers. They did not have a turnaround marked properly. Okay. I, I talked to people after the race. They said that they were just going by their watch. They probably should have let people know that. Um, but I don't, you know, I didn't even know where the turnaround was, didn't see no sign anywhere. And I tried to ask people for help. Everybody spoke French, so it was impossible, okay? Most of the people were probably bilingual. They just didn't want to help me. Um, so I just did the, you know, extra 2.5K. I was just like, I definitely went over the, t- uh, over the, um, over the distance. I'm just going to finish this 5K. And I finished the 5K. Um, I think it still came like 11th or something, which is, you know, crazy because I did an extra 2.5K. And it's funny because after that race, you know, my, my ankle is just messed up and it was unfortunately messed up up until the world championships. It took a long time to sort of recover from that. And with that sprained ankle, you know, I had to really try to rest it before the next race, but I didn't have much time, but, um, it's funny, um, going back to the note where I missed the turnaround, I actually uh, talked to somebody that I met, um, you know, I became friends with him and he was actually from Ontario and we like talked at the next race. And I was just like, I missed the turnaround on the second run. And he said he missed the turnaround as well. And I was just like, okay, I'm happy that it wasn't just me. And that was, you know, one of the things where just like, okay, I made a big mistake, but I am relieved now that it wasn't just me because he also did not see any turnaround sign. So they must've not had a turnaround sign or maybe it was the size of a post-it note. And that's what the turnaround sign was. So if you're listening, Gatineau Triathlon, love the event, but have a bigger turnaround sign, especially for the English speaking folks, because I had no idea where I was. Um, Beautiful course though. um, And great organization. I just wanted to say that love you guys down there and you guys were doing stuff before anybody else. So I respect y'all. It's just that turnaround issue because I ran an extra 5K uh, or extra 2.5K actually. Um, But yeah, and then it sort of took me to the next race. I think it was one week after I had another race or maybe it was was two weeks after I had another race. So really up until that race, I didn't do much running at all. I was just trying to rest my, my ankle. I was just doing light, you know, workouts, just trying to rest that ankle because it was messed up. And I had another race down in, Montreal. And that course was beautiful as well. Absolutely amazing course. And had a fantastic first run, had a good bike. Um, second run was okay. Um, but you know, I knew the running legs just wouldn't be there. Um, especially since not being able to train for a couple of weeks and I had to rest my, 
my ankle, but you know, I was still doing all this stuff on a sprained ankle. So it was great. I, I think I ended up coming sixth for that one, which was, which was good. Um, you know, obviously if I didn't have that sprained ankle issue and I could have obviously had a proper couple of workouts before the next race, you know, I would have performed better, but that's all part of racing. You know, you never know how racing goes. And that's really the, the, the moral of the story when it comes to any races is you never know how races are going to go. Anything can happen. And that's the beauty of racing, you know, pros and cons for anything can happen. Right. And, you know, that was a great race. Really enjoyed it. I got to say Quebec um, triathlons in general are incredible, incredible events, incredible venues, absolutely amazing um, staff and volunteers. Everybody's super nice. Um, yeah, I'd definitely be back with those Quebec um, triathlons and duathlons. Super, super fun. But yeah, I um, only did sprint duathlons um, last summer just because I was just trying to get some work in. Um, before the uh, the world championships. And, you know, after that, I had a couple other races. I had one in Barrie, which was great. That was the first Ontario race back. Had one in Barrie. It was a mass start, which was great. Um, didn't feel great on the runs. I, I just, I don't know. I didn't have the legs and stuff like that. Um, but it was a great venue, great event, um, great effort. And, you know, that one ended in a sprint finish with me. It wasn't for first place, unfortunately. I think it was for like fourth place. Um, I think I ended up fourth or fifth on that one. I, I don't even remember, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a great event. And you know, what's funny about that sprint finish. And I was still doing this stuff on a sprained ankle, by the way, because you know, that doesn't just go away in a day. Okay. Um, but that race leading up into a sprint finish, I was going against some guy that was probably three times my size. I'm not that tall. Okay. This guy was super tall and he was probably twice my size. So we were coming in to this finish and it was a grass finish. It was kind of like a cross country finish. And, you know, I didn't even see this guy. He caught me on the run and which is crazy because I, I thought we had, I had so much time on him, but he's super, you know, he was a great runner and he caught me on the run and we were coming up to the, the finish line together and he passed me. I was just like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go right now. So I was running alongside him and some woman with a dog had her dog on the course leading up to the finish line. So we were coming around this corner. It was like a slight bend and I was going to try to pass them on the outside, but I couldn't because this woman's dog was there. Have you ever been so upset that you just want to, I don't know, man. I just, I was just punching the wall, man punch in the wall. Like it's either I hit the dog or I stay behind the guy. And that's exactly what I did. I had to stay behind him for a sec and then try to pass him at the end. But by then it was already too late. Um, I was cheesed. I was cheesed. Um, it was just like, whatever, because it was a great sprint finish anyways. Um, it was a great race, but that ending, like just move. That's like how the tour de France um, cyclists must feel when people like get in their way, when like Alberta Contador punched some guy in the face, that must be the exact same feeling. Like you're giving a hundred percent effort and then something comes into your way. And you're just like, this isn't even part of the course. Like, why do you have your dog on the course? Crazy, crazy. I either hit the dog or I, you know, you know, I could trip and fall. It's, it's 
crazy. Just lose, lose, or I stay behind the person, but whatever. Um, it cheesed me. It cheesed me really a lot. I almost punched a tree after that. Um, <laughs> but that's all part of racing, I guess. I don't know. Um, something that you can't even control, but, um, it was a great race. And then after that one, like a week after or whatever, two weeks after I did a race in Welland, which was my first time doing that race as well. Um, and that was a great race, great venue as well. Um, never been to Welland before, which is weird because I live in Ontario and it's not even that far, but it was a great race. Um, felt good on that one felt good on, you know, decent on the run, um, felt decent on the bike. Uh, and then that final run ended in a sprint finish. And this was a weird one because this was like a time trial race. Um, so you are kind of trying to catch the people in front of you, right? So you don't really, can't really gauge where you're at. And unfortunately with a lot of the races in the summer, that's how they were. It was like a time trial base. So you don't really know where people are at, um, and how they're actually doing, but yeah, I did. I felt good in that race. You know, um, I think I came another top 10 finish. I don't even know what I came for that one, probably fifth or sixth. Um, but yeah, that was another top 10 finish felt good. Um, that one came down to a sprint finish. Uh, somebody trying to catch me at the end and I held on, which was good. I didn't lose the sprint finish again. Um, and I want to make it very, very clear. I'm not making excuse for the previous sprint finish. You know, he probably would have had me anyways, but it was just annoying that I had to go behind him and then, you know, avoid that dog because that's just frustrating, especially after, you know, the entire race a huge effort. And then like when something little like that happens, it's frustrating. Um, and that would have was almost how, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, you know, it's just frustrating. It was like, it was like how Tour de France riders get cheese. Then I felt the exact same amount of cheese. Okay. But, um, yeah, this sprint finish held off, which was great, great effort. Felt great. Got a great video of the sprint finish. Felt good about the way that I looked doing that sprint finish felt good about my stride, which is always good. Um, but that was good. That was a good race. Um, and that was really the end of the Ontario races. And then after that, it was kind of take some time to recover the ankle, that sprained ankle, make sure that it's better. And then I can focus on the world championships. And that's exactly what we did. We had like a couple months until the world championships, which took place in November and they took place in Avila, Spain. And it was a great time. You know, it was a fantastic time. Um, and we went at the perfect time because it was kind of like in the valley of COVID where there weren't a lot of COVID cases in um, like Spain and Europe, which was great. And then after we left, it was just skyrocketing, you know, a couple months later. So we were very, very lucky with the time frame that we went. But in terms of Spain, you know, it was a fantastic trip. Never been to Europe before. We landed in Madrid, stayed in Madrid for a few days, did some awesome rides. I did, you know, some beautiful rides along you know, a river went to some parks. They have some amazing hills in, you know, Madrid. I'm um, trying not to fry the legs before, um, obviously, the race, but um, did some awesome hills. Did this, like, went to this park and did some riding. It was like Jurassic Park, the way that the trees looked and the art, and the landscape, everything. It was amazing. Um, lots of awesome coffee shops and obviously architecture and stuff like that in Spain and Europe just in general. I had way too much coffee and espresso, but that's okay. I had, how do you say, cafe americano? And that's exactly what I used throughout the entire time in Europe. So when I would go up to a coffee shop, you know, and this is like, you know, I was going like every day 
to the same places and they would be like, oh, you know, they were, they were already used to my broken Spanish. I'd be like, hola. Can I get, how do you say? Actually, no, no, let me, let me, sorry. Let me, let me get into character, okay? Let me get into character. When I went to Spanish coffee shops, okay? In Madrid, Aviles, Barcelona, just in general, okay? I would go there and I become one with the people, okay? I'm bilingual a bit, okay? I would go to the coffee shop and it'd be like, hola, como esta? Oh, bien. Um, can I get, uh, how do you say, cafe americano? Oh, gracias, gracias, gracias. <laughs> and see, you see how I'm blending a little bit of Spanish and Italian? I'm kind of trilingual. I don't like to say it, but would I put it on a resume? Most likely, yes because I kind of am, okay? Clip that, okay, clip that. That's exactly my life, okay? Me trying to become one with the people and that's how it is sometimes. That's how it is sometimes, okay? But it was super fun in Spain, really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, went to Madrid, really enjoyed it there. And then we ended up going to Aviles, which is where the race was. And that was a fantastic experience from everything from like, you know, getting the uniform and stuff like that, the race kit, and then doing the course recon, met some people during the course recon leading up to the race, which was super fun. And, you know, it was really cool because we drove from Madrid to Aviles. We rented a car. My parents came with me on this trip. So we rented a car. We drove from Aviles, um, Madrid to Aviles. And, you know, we did some sightseeing along the way. We went to a castle in the countryside, just beautiful. I ate lunch in a castle, like amazing, just fantastic. Like as somebody that lives in a place with no castles or mountains, I'm jealous. Okay. I'm jealous. And, um, yeah, we got to Aviles, super fun course recon, all that sort of stuff. And then the race, um, it was great. It, it was a great race. It was super exciting. And I'm happy to check that off my bucket list. Will this be the last one? Absolutely not. You know, you know how Brad is. Okay. Absolutely not the last one, but it was great. You know, the morning of the race, it was freezing cold. Um, and I was nervous because it was freezing cold and you're wearing a skin suit, right? And it's a triathlon skin suit. So it doesn't even have sleeves freezing cold. I don't have arm warmers or anything. Um, and I don't even have like long sleeves or anything or under armor or anything that I can put underneath because I lost my luggage. It never arrived in Europe. <laughs> so when I got to Europe, I had to buy all my clothes. Luckily, I kept, kept my race suit and everything in my, in my uh, carry-on luggage or else I literally wouldn't be able to race. So I had to buy all my clothes and I didn't have any Under Armour or anything like that that I could put under it. So it was freezing cold. You know, it's a fall race, but it was freezing. Like you could see your breath, okay? So I had to ask my parents. I'm just like, in the morning of the race, I'm just like, can you please go and get me arm warmers? I know they're selling them yesterday at the event. Can you please go find me armors? And they were able to actually find me arm warmers. I don't even know what they said. They said some, I think, Spanish brand on it. Um, but that was literally a lifesaver. Else, I probably would have died of hyperthermia. So my parents literally saved my life. Um, but it was freezing. And 
you know, especially when you get on the bike, I knew it was going to be even colder because, you know, you're going a lot faster, right? But it was a great experience. It was a fantastic experience. You know, I knew going into that race that it was going to be super fast because obviously some of the best people in the world racing, um, you know, and, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, want to go elite, want to go pro. Um, so it was fast from the start, flat out. And I wasn't sure how I would sort of play out, um, especially because I had that ankle injury leading up to it. So I wasn't able to get like, you know, the amount of quality run sessions that I wanted, but for the 5k, it was flat out from the gun, tried to hold on as fat as much as I could. Um, and just tried to stride it out, you know, get through the run, go as fast as you can get to transition and get on the bike. And hopefully you can pick up some time on the bike. And the funny thing about the bike is that everybody said it was a flat course. Maybe it's a flat course if you live in, you know, countries that have mountains like Spain, Italy, just anywhere in Europe. But when you live in Ontario, where the highest mountain is an escarpment and it's not big at all, that's an issue, okay? Luckily for me, I like hills and I was able to, you know, survive it, but it was in no way, shape or form a flat race, lots of hills. And for, you know, somebody that lives in a place that's just typically pretty flat, you know, rolling hills in Ontario, that is what you call a hilly race. It is not in no way, shape or form a flat race. So I want to make that very, very clear. Okay. So it was spicy from the start. So when we got on the bike, I tried to push it as hard as I could, um, grouped up with a couple people and we started pushing flat out as fast as we could, um, through the Hills, all that sort of stuff. And we started actually catching people and we started getting a group that was forming. And after looking at the numbers, um, like the positions and stuff, crossing the transition areas and stuff like that. I did not realize that we were actually the chase group. So we were actually the chase group trying to catch the group in front. And at the end of the bike, you know, we actually had a nice big group um, of us. So we actually pushed really, really hard and caught a bunch of people, which, you know, that typically happens in multi-sport races because sometimes you have the pure runners, you have the pure cyclists, and sometimes people are just good at both. Um, but yeah, like the pure runners were off the front. That's who we were trying to catch. Um, in the bike, it was really, really good. Um, you know, a bunch of attacks. Uh, I was feeling really, really good on the hills, which was nice because some people were just flying on the flats. Um, but, you know, I typically perform better on those hills, which is great. Went on an attack with um, a, uh, a Mexican guy that was yelling at everybody and he did not want to pace. So I just pulled off. I'm just like, I'm not pulling you this entire way. And we, when we attacked and we were, we had a nice gap going, but he did not want to pace. He just wanted to suck wheel. So I was just like, I'm not pulling you. And he was literally yelling at people the entire time. So, um, which is funny because he never wanted to pace once. And, you know, it was great. It was a good sort of effort on the bike. I kind of wish I pushed it harder at the end because I think I could have gapped, um, the rest of the, the group, um, on the last couple of hills. But, you know, I, I wasn't able to pull that off, which is fine. So I kind of ended the bike with a group of people, the chase group. And 
I ended the bike in 13th and there was a, you know, a few guys in front of me and we were probably in the group of like eighth place or seventh place to, you know, 15th. So it was a nice group of us. Um, and you know, once we got off the bike running through transition, I was about to put on my shoes, started putting my first shoe, had a massive calf cramp. And it was really like a calf injury. That's what it felt like. Um, you know, and obviously a couple of days later, I really walked. So I would say it's kind of like a calf injury, but it was the craziest calf cramp that I've ever had in my life. Spasming calf. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it was crazy. Just my calf was spasming. I couldn't even put pressure on it. I had to stretch it out. I had to sit on the ground during transition. So I was losing time, unfortunately. And because it's a sprint to Athlon, you know, you don't have time to lose. You know, if you have to sit down for a minute or even for 10 seconds, you lost time in transition. And that running group is out, out of transition already. So unfortunately, I had to take a minute or two to just stretch out my leg sitting on the ground um, just to try to make this calf cramp subside. And it was just impossible. It was just, it was brutal. I've never experienced something like that. And, you know, it took me out of the race, unfortunately. And then I finally got my shoes on. My fingers were frozen, started jogging out, you know, the first half of the last run, um, you know, started getting my legs back a little bit. The calf cramp was getting a little bit better and then started pushing it to the finish and pushed it as much as I could to the finish and got through. Um, unfortunately, you know, I lost, you know, a bunch of space, uh, a bunch of positions, you know, um, because of that calf cramp. And unfortunately that is one of the issues with, you know, sprint duathlons. It's such a short race. It's 5k run, 20k bike, 2.5k run. So you got to nail everything. And if you have an issue like that, you know, an injury, a cramp, a mechanical, in a lot of cases, your race could be done because it's such a short race. And it's flat out, right? So unfortunately, that's how it panned out. Um, didn't end the way that I wanted it to. But, you know, up until that point, I was feeling really good. And just looking back at the numbers and stuff like that, very, very happy with the performance up until that point. But, you know, sometimes shit happens, as they say. Um, but that's all part of it. We'll be back um, for sure. I don't know if it'll be this year, you know, or next year. Haven't decided yet just because of COVID situation. And um, the one this year in 2022 is in Romania, and that's right beside Ukraine. And because of that situation in Ukraine right now, I don't know if I really want to go to Romania. It's really, really close, you know, to Ukraine with that Russia situation. So I don't know. We'll see what happens this year. Um, if not next year, for sure, you know, we're going to be bringing it back. But, you know, definitely going to be pushing the pedals, training hard as much as I can, um, you know, and keep on getting stronger. It's all about you know, progress, keep making progress. That's what it's all about, right? That's why we do this sport. It's just enjoyable. It's lots of fun to see your progress and to race other people. So fantastic experience. I loved it. Um, racing my first world championships, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, you know, next time we can perform at our best and not have any issues. So we'll see what happens. But um, after the world championships, spent some, a little bit more time in Aviles. Then we went over to Rome. We traveled to Rome to take some time off of running, to take some time off of training and just enjoy a little bit. Um, spent some time in Rome. Absolutely beautiful. Went to the Colosseum for the first time in my life. That's been something that I've always wanted to see. I've been obsessed with Roman history my entire life. Super happy. I was able to see, you know, the Colosseum, you know, the Roman form, all those sorts of things. And 
it was fantastic. It was a great experience. Fantastic food in Italy. Absolutely amazing. Pasta, pizza, everything. Incredible. Coffee, incredible. Gelato, incredible. You know, I got to tell you, Italians know how to eat. They know how to do it. They do it right. Okay. And the history is just amazing. After that, my parents went home. I ended up training around um, Italy a little bit. Uh, trained to Florence, which was incredible. Absolutely love Florence. Just an absolutely amazing place. Then I went to Bologna. That's where I went. I went to Bologna by myself again. And then spent some time there. And then I went to Milan. And that was amazing too. So, you know, it was a fantastic trip. I'm not going to bore you with my trip, but maybe I will next time. We'll see. But, um, you know, traveling Europe, I've never been to Europe before. Never been to Italy. Love Italy. And, you know, I did some incredible um, runs in Italy while I was there. Didn't bring my bike with me because it would have been a pain in the ass to bring around the train. Um, but I did some running in Italy in the you know countryside through the city and stuff like that. And it was just incredible. The countryside, especially in Florence, Bologna, amazing, amazing countryside. Oh my gosh, bro. Assassin's Creed, spot on. Okay. Spot on for these places. Okay. Amazing. Absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, like I could definitely go back and would love to, you know, bike around the countryside in those places. Cause, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. I, I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of people that can train in those areas and just live there. It's just a different way of life. And the meals and stuff. Oh my gosh, so good, so good. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic trip. And then we got back, and we got back just in time because COVID started spiking again with the Omicron, um, with the Amarion variant. And you know, we got back at the perfect time. But you know, it was a great trip. Great world championships altogether. Great first experience. And it's just another race under the belt. We're going to keep getting better. That's what it's all about. If you're not trying to get better every single day, you're not trying. Okay. So, you know, do what we do. We grind, we work hard and we grind. We be consistent. Consistency is everything. If you're not consistent, you're not working hard. And that's a fact. Okay. That's a fact. Got to be consistent. But um, let's talk about the book of the day. Um, we're bringing this back because it's important because I've been reading a lot. One of my favorite books um, from 2021 was Swim, Bike, Run by the Alistair Brothers. Johnny. Oh, why did I say Alistair Brothers? Alistair Brownlee and Johnny Brownlee, obviously the goats, um, you know, Olympians, Olympic medalists, you know, world champions. Incredible. Um, the goats of triathlon. And it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it to anybody that's into you know, endurance sports, fitness in, in general, or just you know, learning about people that are at the top of their game. And I highly recommend it. It's, it's an incredible book. So it's called Swim, Bike, Run by Alistair Brownlee and Johnny Brownlee, the goats of triathlon. Okay, fantastic. Um, you know, I highly recommend that. I highly recommend that. Um, I've been reading a lot though, um, listening to a lot of audiobooks, doing a lot of reading. Um, reading a book right now called Two Hours by Ed Cesar or Ed Caesar. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's great. It's about um, a Kenyan marathon runner. It's, it's fantastic. I love books about Kenyan runners, some of my favorite books. And I'll give some book recommendations for those, but they are just incredible. Um, you know, just the way that they train, it's just incredible. And, you know, that's, you know, some of the best running in the entire world is in Kenya. So it's, it's incredible to see that stuff. So 
I love those books. I love them so much. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have much else to talk about. That was kind of it for today. I kind of want to just bring back the podcast, say hi to y'all, say thank you for always supporting me. But um, yeah, follow me at I am Brad Thompson. Hit me up, verified on Twitter now. Shout out to your boy. Thank you for supporting me. The tweets are always fire. So make sure that you follow on Twitter, but also follow on everything else, you know, TikTok, Instagram, all that sort of good stuff. And support the podcast, Living the Canadian Dream on Instagram and all that sort of good stuff. Um, and follow the, you know, the video podcast. You can follow me on YouTube, type in Living the Canadian Dream podcast. It'll come up um, and watch the video episodes because they're going to be fire. I got lots of episodes um, coming to you. Some great guests, some great fire content. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you, you know, review the podcast, give it five stars. I appreciate it. And let's grow this podcast in 2022 because that's what it's all about. Um, but thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Um, this is the first of many in 2022. We're going to be on a regular posting schedule. So make sure you subscribe. Okay. Subscribe your grandparents to the podcast. Okay. Auto download that. Okay. It's fire to the eardrums. Okay. But, um, We'll catch y'all later. That's it. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say today. So um, thanks for listening and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace out. <laughs>